Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the latter rain. Many explained that the latter rain happened in Azusa Street. And since then, even under the revivals in the 40s and 50s, that that was the latter rain. The latter rain is the last great rain of God's strength to where all evil and all the gods of this world on earth will be famished. You can read that in Zephaniah 2. He's going to famish all the gods of this earth. They will no more say, Blessed be the Lord God, which brought his people out of the land of Egypt. And that was a great deliverance. God showed his mighty hand in delivering the children of Israel in the Exodus from, his, from uh, Egypt. Israel was literally delivered. And they talked about it and have, and we have that on record, of a great deliverance where God came down on Mount Sinai. The mountain literally burned with fire. God's voice spoke that of a trumpet that proceeded louder and louder. So much that Moses said, I exceedingly fair and quake. Now we are told in Hebrews 12 that in those days where God shook the earth, that he hath promised yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken will be shaken as of things that are made. Now, that literally is uh, the wicked. Man-made doctrines, doctrines of men, all of that will fall. It will be shaken, that it will be removed. Only the remnant of the seed of the church will be the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why haven't we seen it before? Why that has it been delayed? Take a look at Jeremiah, the fifth chapter. Notice that he says that this people have a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are a revolted, uh, they are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God, giving the glory to Jesus Christ, the only true God and eternal life, not a trinity, but the true revelation, the true Christ doctrine that Jesus is that blessed and only potentate, the Almighty. That is, as we see in 1 Timothy 6.15. He is that blessed and only potentate, not three in one. That potentate is the omnipotent, the almighty, who only hath immortality. He's going to reveal that in the revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation 1.8, that Jesus only is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the almighty God. But he says about the rain, here in Jeremiah, talking about the last day, Prophecy of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, saying, Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain, both the former and the latter, in his seasons. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest, the harvest of souls, the last great day, rain of the Holy Ghost will bring in 
literal nations and those that serve God and turn to him and repent and take on his name and baptism. The body, the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Being baptized into Christ, putting on Christ, their wedding garment, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and the reaper overtaking the sower and the sower the reaper. Coming to full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in the grace and mercy of God in these last great days where God shows his strength. Notice, he says, why has this been delayed? He says there in Jeremiah 5, at there in verse 25, your iniquities have turned away these things, the things of faith, the things written that will definitely come to pass, for that that is determined will happen. And he states, and your sins have withholding good things from you. It's not God's fault. It's not uh, uh, anything that the Lord has decided not to. It's us. We've sinned against the Lord our God, just as Daniel said. He said, the Lord uh, there in Daniel, there he said, we have sinned and my fathers, our fathers have sinned and we're worse than our fathers. Therefore, unto us belongs confusion of faces, as it is this day. But unto the Lord, everlasting righteousness and holiness unto God. He is righteous. He is good. But he is holy. That means that uh, he will not bless the sins which turn us away and his face from us. And this is exactly. And it says what? is found among God's people, among the church, where Satan's seed is, where Satan dwelleth in Pergamos. We see that, just as Paul stated in Acts 20, 28, to take heed to ourselves and over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made us, overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The very next verse, Acts 20, 29, but immediately after my departure, Grievous wolves shall come and not sparing the flock among you, bringing in perverse things. That's within the church. Just as Jude stated that these men for, for ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, unholy men, turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God, even our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in the epistle of Jude. There again in Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom. Second Peter, the second chapter, talking about bringing in damnable heresies among you, denying the only Lord Jesus, bringing upon themselves with swift destruction. A long time lingereth not. This is where we are today. Woke theology, the ideology of a global uh, there is a good thing, globalism, which is directly anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-God. And we go right along with it and say, well, what can we do? Well, we can lift up Jesus. That's what we can do. We can be a witness and a testimony to him. 
And that's exactly what we're called to do. To light the light of every man that came into the world and we're to let our light shine. He says, for among my people are found wicked men. That's exactly what Paul stated. That's what Peter stated. That's what Jude stated in his epistle. It's also what our Lord stated. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, I'm anointed, and shall deceive many through these great signs and wonders that they'll be able to do, that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. To find the truth in this day in Pentecostal religion, in the Protestant denominal churches, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. <laughs> it's almost impossible to do. Yet, that truth, even though it's cast to the ground, will not be destroyed. We're troubled on every side, but not in distress. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life of our Lord Jesus would be manifested in us, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. For we which live are always delivered unto death. Why? So we can mortify the deeds of the flesh, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. And our light affliction, which worketh but only for a moment, works for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Therefore, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. If we're partaker of the suffering, we'll be partaker of the consolation. Second Corinthians, the first chapter. He says, among my people, among the church. That's what you said, Pergamos. That's where Satan's seat is, where Satan dwelleth. Notice that the devil, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, a man of sin, setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's opposing all that is God or that is worshipped. That temple is not an iron, a physical temple. It is a naos. That we in the church of the living God, the true people of God, have allowed Jezebel to come in and seduce the servants of God. Iniquities abounding, the love of many waxing cold. And Paul warned young Timothy, said, uh, that it is a spirit speaking expressly that in the latter times, the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. Not once saved, always saved. If it were possibly to deceive the very elect, then Jesus stated, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Matthew 7, he stated that in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven but only those that do the will of God. Not just to hear the word, but a doer. And our works do follow us. We have to seal our testimony with our own blood, be faithful unto death, and he'll give us a crown of life. Well, that is exactly what's happening now. This evil in the church, this woke ideology, globalism, and the aggression against the church, is simply a sign of the times that we are in the last of the last days. Therefore, there in whilst preaching in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa, in 2019, on the 19th of January, 
many of you that tune in to the podcast have heard, that we received. I received a visitation from the Lord God Almighty, our Lord Jesus. After preaching four hours in a Messiah tribal church, wonderful people, that all of a sudden I was in a visitation from the Lord. Lasted for about two hours. As he spoke, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having to seal the living God, so send I you. That was the bottom line. I was flabbergasted. Knowing that we were in the last of the last days, surely. We're talking about the revelation sealing of the apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. That seal of the servants of God is essential for us as the body of Christ to stand against the woe, woe, woe trumpets of the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. For the old dragon, the serpent, the devil, himself, cast out of heaven, cast to the earth, having great wrath. Not the wrath of God, but the wrath of Satan, knowing that he had but a short time. And this is the time that the power will be given to the servants of God because now will come the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. This is the time that we have our flight. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 says, Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Why? For then shall be a time of great tribulation. We're going through it. Anyone that says they're not, Somebody said it's not essential for salvation. Everything is essential for salvation and obedience unto the truth, unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. That's the reason that what will they do when the Lord actually appears and the judgment of God in that day is upon all of us. What will they do then? They will then come to the Lord and say, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. And in thy name, we've cast out devils in thy name, that we have prophesied. Read it. That's what Jesus stated in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And Matthew 7 stated uh, that he said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. You you have the Holy Ghost, but you did not. As a believer, having the Holy Ghost, obey it. Whosoever will we yield our members, the servants, to obey him or the servants to whom we obey. And even though we have the Holy Ghost, we can still be carnally minded. Not a natural mind, a carnal mind. Carnal mind is uh, one that has the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God dwelling in them, Christ in them, Christ in you, the hope of glory, but yet does not and do not obey it. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But in Romans 6, he states that the choice is ours. We have to align our will with the will of God. We cannot do our own will. We have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. We have to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. If we do not do that, we will not have access into the kingdom of heaven, even though we're born again, born of the water and the spirit, born in Acts 2.38, and even though we have the revelation of Jesus as the Father, because the little children know that he is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, that he is the Father. You see that in 1 John 2, 12-14. These are born-again believers. Yet, Jesus says, not all that say that he is the Lord will be able to enter in. 
only those that do the will of God. So the quest for life is to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God, Christ in us, the Holy Ghost, Jesus in us, that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We have to do the will of God. Because we have not. We don't go on our own way, going after a prosperity gospel with a Laodicean mindset, saying we're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. We're saved and on the way to heaven, sanctified, once saved, always saved doctrine. Therefore, we have need of nothing. Not knowing that we have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to be kings and priests to the Lord our God, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. There's the mind that will be sealed. In Revelation 7. And if you be any otherwise minded, all stakes of the church at Philippi, that this will be revealed even unto you. Even Paul stated, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. If it was just salvation and that was it, then you didn't have to do the will of God. You didn't have to perform the work that He's called you to do. Then, he would have said, he's perfect. And he said, I haven't already attained yet. Neither am I already perfect. He's trying to apprehend that of which he's apprehended of Christ. There's still that. This is that spirit doing the will of God. They're getting those things which are behind reaching forth to those things which are before. Things that still must shortly come to pass. He's pressing toward that mark. That mark is not the beginning of the ABC theory. It's not the beginning of the race. It's not the Aloth, Bay, Gamal, Dalev, in the Hebrew ABC diary. It is the last letter in the Hebrew ABC diary, the Tav. You'll see it in Ezekiel 9 also. Six men with a destroying weapon, and, um, and among them, a man with a rider's inkhorn by his side. Why? Why the side? Jesus was pierced in his side. What's a rider's inkhorn? That's the sealing of the Holy Ghost. What does it say? Before you hurt anyone, seal the servants of our God, those that are crying out for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem. I don't hear very many people crying out. They say, we're saved and having a hallelujah party, gathering for corn and wine, none considering the work, the work of God. They gather for corn and wine, and thank God and praise him and carry to a victory march, but none considering the work of God. That work is a strange work. Bring the past is act is strange act. Don't mock at it. Make fun of it. Lest the bands of your heart be made strong. Isaiah 28. For the Lord will lay judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. This has surprised the hypocrite that the work of God that he will do in the last days is this strange work, bring to pass this strange act. It's the act of the church in the Holy Ghost. It is a great move of God in the last great reign of his strength. But what has happened among us? It's grievous wolves that's come in, not sparing the flock, preaching a prosperity gospel. You don't have to die to self. You can have money, mammon, and God too. You can have the world. God wants you to have the world. Any man love the world, the love of the Father's not in him. Well, that's a direct contradiction. Well, 
all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. Laodicea says you can have that. The false church says you can have that. That, oh, you just have blessings upon blessings. Well, God wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in hell. Don't stop there. Even as your soul prospers, that God can trust you, that God, uh, finding you faithful, putting you into the ministry, you have to be found faithful. Well, those in Laodicea, the Lord warns, knowest thou not, you poor, wretched, naked, destitute? Well, I thought they were clothed. They said they were. They said they are Jews in Smyrna and are not. They're the synagogue of Satan. They say they're spiritual Jews in the body of Christ, the ecclesia, and they're not because they never had the circumcision of the heart in the spirit by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. They weren't told they wasn't priests. They didn't have the doctrine of Christ preached to them and being established in that doctrine. The most needful thing now in this present day time that we're living in is for Christ to be taught in the churches. If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. It's not being taught. Very few. There is a remnant, that remnant of the church, the remnant of her seed, the seed, the Christ seed, the Christ generation that will keep the commandments of God because they love him and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith the current proceeding, now faith, which is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen, present truth. And Jesus stated that we are to ask of the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain, Zechariah 10, 1. And the Lord promised he'll make bright clouds, send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. But Amos 7 said, this is the latter growth after the king's mowings. God's mowing it down and that we will not build a grove in the Pentecostal, but go on to being tabernacleist. Not Pentecostals anymore, but tabernacleist. Going on in the present truth of the word of God, walking in the light as he's in the light. And then we have fellowship one with another. That's the body of Christ being fitly joined together and God compacting it through the, that faith, that measure given to each one of the members, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, growing up in Jesus in all things, all truth, and things of faith, now faith, that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, which will befall the world in these last days. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. Any man says the burden of the Lord will be cut off. The burden's on us. God has already made the provision. All we have to do is obey the leading of the Holy Ghost and do his will. Notice in Jeremiah, the fifth chapter, he said, among you, among the church, even as Jesus stated, there shall arise among you false prophets and show great signs and wonders that if it were possible, insomuch that the very elect could be deceived, should be deceived. That is, it is possible. Not just probable, but it's possible because we turn to the things of this world rather than God. We look to the situation that we're in 
Not walking on the waters, feet are dead, but looking at the storm. When we do sink, we have to cry out to God and he will, he will deliver us. He will lift us up. Then notice there's a warning here. That if any man will hear the Lord knocking at his door, the door of his heart. Jesus said, I'm doing my part. I'm knocking at the door. The door of your heart. If any man will hear my voice. Hear the voice of the Son of God. Hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. Hear the voice of Jesus, which he said the time is coming and now is. Which those will hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. We have to be obedient to that voice in the present truth. Not just being uh, there in a fundamentalist with the waters of baptism under repentance. That's not salvation now. It was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But after that, we were to repent and be baptized, every one of us, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sin. That's the only way to have the spiritual circumcision of the heart where the body of the sins of the flesh being destroyed is by baptism. That's Romans 2, 28 and 29. That's Romans 6, 1 through 6. That's Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Read it. That's the reason so many are going to find very few that will be able to enter that straight gate and narrow way. Few there will that will be saved because they didn't heed the sayings of the Lord Jesus. They didn't hear his voice. And he said, I stand at your door and I knock. And if any man will hear my voice, to hear the voice, we have to tune the world out. The world drowns the voice. It chokes the word of God. The, those that will be rich on the diverse temptations and many hurtful lusts. But the church world pretty well preaches uh, in the prosperity message that if you don't have a big bank account and blessed with stocks, bonds, mutual funds and commodities, etc., cetera, uh, that you're just not in the faith, which is the furthest thing from the truth. He's called the poor this world rich in faith. And those, uh, you read it in Hebrews 11, they dwelt in caves. Their clothing was sheepskins and goatskins. They weren't living in, in the high society. They were whom the world was unworthy of these. These were the ones that were the true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were the ones uh, that crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. Those were the ones that do the will of God. Somebody says, do we have to live in a cave to do that? No, but it lets us know that you do the will of God. Those that will be rich fall into the diverse temptation, many hurtful lusts. Jesus said the, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. It becomes unfruitful. That's exactly what's happened now. The word is choked. They can't hear the word. Jesus is standing at the door and knock, but the world has literally drowned the, the voice of the Lord out. You have to, to draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. But we have to make that move. He's already done the work. He's already provided the grace by, by which we are saved. By grace through faith are we saved, not a work lest any man should boast. But grace reigns through righteousness, which has to be obeyed in the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's Romans 5 and Romans 6. Any man that says you don't have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost is a liar. And the truth is not in him and will not make the kingdom of heaven. 
whatever he says here, that we must obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. We work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do, but because iniquity, that lawlessness, not being led of the Holy Ghost, not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost, the love of many will wax cold. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Having the conscience sealed with a hot arm, you read it in 1 Timothy 4.1. Well, he says here, among my people, among the church of the living God. Somebody said, that's the Old Testament. Yes, the Old Testament, New Testament concealed, and the New Testament, Old Testament revealed. It's exactly what in the uh, last day work of the ministry is revealed to us and must many, many prophetic. The scriptures there leading us into all truth. He says here, among my people, in the church of the living God, we find iniquity among the people of God. False doctrines, doctrines of devils being propagated and preached and promulgated to the world. This false, you can be rich and have Jesus in the worldly ways, is a lie. True holiness is the divine nature of God, and it's through obedience to these great and exceedingly precious promises given to us, whereby we are made partakers of his divine nature. That's through obedience. You can't just read it and then go and do your own thing. You have to obey it, and you have to have the leading of the Holy Ghost. You have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. But if the Spirit that dwells in you that also dwelled in Christ Jesus, the Christ in you, it shall quicken or make alive your mortal body. That's what your life is. But it has to be obeyed. You can't do your own thing. And many say, well, I don't know and I don't hear the voice of God. Well, that's because you're not doing the will of God. You're not crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, as Romans 12 tells us. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body as a living sacrifice. There's a cross. But we have a crossless Christianity. Oh, no, we don't have to give, give up, do, do uh, and, and sacrifice anything for the Lord. That's a lie. You do have to crucify your flesh. You have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. You have to sanctify yourself for salvation, as in 2 Thessalonians 2, that your salvation is through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. And the sanctification of the Spirit is to burn up the dross to do the will of God. So we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We have to serve God. We're servants of righteousness now. And be not conformed to this world. Don't buy that prosperity gospel that anything goes and Jesus still, because he loves you, you're saved. Well, because he loves you, he gave you, he gave you his spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. And we have to be pressing toward that prize in all truth, being drawn up into Jesus and all things in all truth. Otherwise, we will be tossed to and fro by these wind of doctrines. Without that apocalyptic signaling of Revelation 7, then we will not be able to stand. You'll see that in Revelation 9, in the fifth trumpet of Abaddon and Apollyon, and uh, the, the abyss being opened with a key to that bottomless pit. And during that time, you only hurt those men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. The ones that have the seal of God will not be hurt. 
That's where it is incumbent upon us that we receive the leading of the Holy Ghost and be sealed by his word in truth. Not just a Saturday Sabbath. They saying there uh, that a Saturday Sabbath seals you. No, it doesn't. That, that's ludicrous. There's no Saturday Sabbath that saves you. It is obedience to the truth of the word of God. Let no man uh, judge you in the holy days or the new moons or of the Sabbath. Paul states that. We have to be obedient unto the leading of the Holy Ghost. And that requires us to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust, our own ideals, our own uh, uh, will, our own volition must be literally laid upon the altar to do the will of God. Jesus stated that. Any man come after me, let him deny himself. That's what you have to firstly, first do, deny yourself. Then pick up your cross, not his cross, your cross. Whatever God's called you to do, he's given you the faith and the leading of the Holy Ghost to mortify the deeds of the flesh and sanctify you holy, both spirit, soul, and body through obedience. And if you do that, you'll be a vessel meet for the master's use in the last day work of the ministry, what we're all called for. But if we do not, we will be cast out. And that's the very truth of it. We have been duped. We've been lied to that there's three persons in over one Godhead, which is a total, complete, idiotic lie. And those that are hearing the voice of God are turning out of it into the real, true Jesus that only doctrine of Christ, that doctrine of Christ, where he alone is God. They're seeing it. We have over a thousand ministers in Africa alone that have come out of false trinity doctrine to the true doctrine. Oneness doctrine is not right either. Somebody said, well, what is? The doctrine of Christ is. And Jesus leads us and guides us into that truth simply by what he said. Yeah, Paul stated it, this doctrine of Christ that Jesus who being in the form of God's spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, made himself of no reputation. That's God himself, not the son of God, that's God. That literally made up himself of no reputation. That's a kenosis. God humbled himself. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. He took upon himself, the spirit of God, the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. That's the servant. Being found in fashion as a man, humbling himself to the death, death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Who is him? Well, that's the Jesus, the man that was crucified. He's God in the beginning, the spirit. He makes himself of no reputation, takes on the form of a servant, dies, buried, rises again, and goes back to his former glory as spirit. He is now that quickening spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, the man, God, the Spirit, the Father of glory, hath made him, the man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God in you, the Father of glory in you. But as we see in Ephesians 4, there's one body, one spirit in whom you're calling, one hope of your calling, one Lord. Jesus is that Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. One faith, one baptism, one God who is the Father of us all. There's the Father. 
above all and in us all. What's, who's in us? The Father of glory. You see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit, capital S, of his Son, whereby we cry, have a Father. Where did he send it? Into our hearts, into our spirits. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, have a Father, because it's one and the same. That's the doctrine of Christ. 1 John 2, 22, who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because the Father is the Spirit of God. Christ is that Spirit. But he also made himself a body of flesh and blood when he made himself of no reputation to work salvation in and of himself alone. So Christ is, and you have denied, not only the Father, but also the Son, because the Son is the Father revealed. Christ is the Father, Christ is that Spirit. Christ is the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. It's one and the same. It's not a different spirit, not a different person. Jesus is that person, singular person of the Godhead. Hebrews 1, verse 3 and 4, the express image of his singular person. And these lies have been propagated over the years, for centuries, these ecumenical councils, ecumenical councils and synods, that we have been duped and lied to about a trinity, Godhead, which is a straight-out lie. And God is standing at our door knocking now. Why? Because the night is far spent, the day is at hand. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And the evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. But those that are seeking God are finding Him. They're asking. They're, they're being given. They're seeking. They're finding and he stated there, I stand at your door and knock, the door of your heart. If any man will hear my voice, any man, I will, and open the door. We have to open the door to it now. I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, be open to the truth, the leading of the Holy Ghost, not some preacher, not some bishop, apostle, prophet, or whatever, not some denominal teaching, but what the Spirit of God is saying. Hear the voice of God. And hear my voice and open the door. God promised. The Lord Jesus said, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. What's the truth of the matter? In Isaiah 43, 10, thus you are my witnesses, the true witness of God, thus saith the Lord. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, this is what he says. Not some seminary, not some doctrine of divinity or PhD in theology. This is what the Lord says. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Who's the servant? Well, God added to him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man, found in fashion as a man. Who is this man? That is, you are my witnesses. Thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43, 10, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand. Believe God and have the understanding of the Godhead that I am he. The Lord is that servant. And he explains, no, there's no God, no God before me formed, neither shall be any God after me that's formed. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Read it in Isaiah 43, 10. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. I am he before me. There was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer. Look at, look at Isaiah 43, 15, the Holy One, not a Holy Trinity. 
Holy One. Ministers are seeing it all over the world, how God works salvation in and of himself and made himself his own arm, a body of flesh in Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5, on and on. We've been duped. We've been lied to. The nominal teaching there of man-made doctrines there, but God is now to those that have a pure heart seeking him. He's revealing himself to them. And it's coming there, not by the hundreds, but by the thousands. Thank God for it. So he's sitting here in Jeremiah in the fifth chapter. He's saying, for among my people are found wicked men, for they lay wait so that they set snares. They set a trap. They catch men. They're catching men right and left. They're with great swelling words of man's wisdom, making merchandise of us for money, going the ways of Balaam. <laughs> As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore, they have become great and waxen rich. They've got their own planes flying everywhere. Well, they, they're so important men, they have to have these jets to fly, transatlantic, whatever the case is. But are they telling the truth? Well, there's nothing wrong with having a jet or whatever. You've got God first. But what if you don't have God first? What if you're rich toward self and not rich toward God? Are you saved? That's not what the Lord said. Well, what did he say? Well, what did the Lord say? Well, the Lord said there was a rich man. His grounds brought forth plentifully. He said, what shall I do? I have much good. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. I'll expand my business. Well, then he'll say to his soul, so take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Thou hast much good stored up for many years. Somebody said, well, that's a good businessman. He's got a good retirement plan. He talks about mutual funds. He's got a definite 401k. He has a, uh, a, a great investment portfolio. But a voice came from heaven that night saying, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Somebody said, what? What did he do? Where did he miss this? Did he lie, cheat, or steal? No, didn't say that. Didn't even imply it. But what's the bottom line? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. There's a the bottom line. And that that is determined will be done. And God's judgment sets as his word, which has been given to us. A lot of people don't believe that's the word of God. Regardless of what Bible translation you use, regards to KJV, NKJV, ESV, NASB, whatever NALT, regardless, when a person seeks God, the Holy Ghost will reveal himself to that person that diligently seeks him. When he seeks him with all their heart, they're going to find their God, the Lord Jesus alone, out of Trinity. And Jesus stated here in the word of God, because in the whole volume of the book is written of Jesus, I come to the will of, do thy will of God for a body that has prepared me, God prepared himself a body. Jesus Christ is that body revealed. Search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life. These are they testify of me, not of us, me, singular. That's Jesus Christ, the only true God and eternal life. They are waxing fat. They shine. Yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause. What cause? The cause of the righteous. 
They're hated of all nations for his great name's sake. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless. Aye, they prosper. And the, and the right of the needy do they not judge. The needy not only in the, in the natural of food, nutrition, and that is shelter, clothing, but in the spiritual sense. That's what that's later said. It said, I'm clothed, fed, I have need of nothing. That church says she's got it. That's what Mystery Babylon Great, the Great says. Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, abomination states, I said, a queen, I am no widow, and I shall see no sorrow. There's no birth pains for me. I've got it all now. There's no great tribulation coming to me. The, these birth pains that will bring forth the Christ in me to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Laughing at it. Get out of here. <laughs> these are scornful men saying, where's the promise of his coming? Everything's continue as they were. It's covers. Well, the right of the need, they do not judge. Watch what God says. Shall I not visit for these things? Saith the Lord, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Watch what it says here. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. It's happening now. The prophets prophesy falsely. And the priests bear rule by their means. They're all together in collusion. But someone that doesn't follow their pernicious ways, they hate. Somebody said, well, Brother Bill, you only have just a few uh, followers out there. Uh, the most, you have 1.9 uh, or 2,000 uh, there that's looked at the only begotten or whatever. When we have hundreds of thousands or even millions following these uh, uh, preachers of today. Well, follow them. But those that seek God, not following a man, you have no need that any man teach you. You have an unction from the Holy One. But we literally honor those that labor in the word. They're worth, a, they're, they're worth double honor. And we are to come together and not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. It's a matter of some. It's so much more to see that they approach it. We need each other. So the eye can't say the hand, I have no need of you. The hand can't say the foot, the feet, I have no need of you. God has placed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts so that there be no chism or division in the body. That's God. He's not a respected person. But he's against the prophets that prophesy peace when there is no peace. And they cleave to those that hate the Holy Covenant, Jesus, with flattery. They just flatter each other. How great a man of God each of them are and how rich they are in their houses and lands, airplanes and buses and trains and whatever the case is. <laughs> well, the Lord is not pleased with it at all. He states there, the prophets prophesy falsely. In other words, the general voice of the land is many false prophets entered to the land. John stated it. First John 4, verse 1. He states, many false prophets are entered into the land, into the world now. So therefore, try the spirits to see whether they are of God. You've got to try them. We're in this last in evil days where they are proud, boasters, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded, truce breakers, uh, 
disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. We're in that day. We're in that last time that Jesus and all the, uh, the apostles warned us about in their epistles. That's exactly where we are. And they prophesy falsely. But we have to try the spirits, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the one God Almighty, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, God Himself, Jesus, that spirit, the quickening spirit, is coming in the flesh. And it's still coming in the flesh. Present in perfect tense. That spirit's of God. The ones that aren't, that's the spirit of Antichrist. They don't confess that. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is that Father of glory, the quickening spirit. Neighbor, let's believe God. Let's go on to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man and be where we're welcome into the kingdom of heaven, saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Many will be cast out. Let us not be one of those. We're praying for every man everywhere. For God to perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. There, you need to contact us. Contact me. Let us work together. The information there where you can be sealing God's people at DennisBeard.org is my email address. Visit us on the website. So let's get together. Let's work in the work of the ministry. We need each other. The body of Christ must come together. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.